0: Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith.
1: And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany here on 930 AM The Answer and we can be also be seen on the African-American Network television, where we have a local feel with a global reach. Uh, and I'm here today with my special guest, my uh, handsome intellectual husband, Kevin <laughs> L. Smith. And this time we're going to flip the script. Last week, we talked about what was my why for why uh, I do what I do. And gave you a little bit of insight about me. And now let's give you a little bit of insight about my co-host. So, Kevin, you're on.
2: I'm on. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, My baby's funny. Very, very funny. Uh, So, yeah. So, you know, once again, we're continuing with that theme again with Tiffany. uh, Is that we are... uh, you Know what we're doing right now is we're trying to give you background and give people understanding of where mm-hmm. we're coming from and where we are. With the idea and the theme being, we have an upcoming program that we're going to be doing, that we're going to be a podcast that we're going to be conducting more of a ge- genealogical historical podcast, right? podcast, Because normally, when you're the second great, whatever particular relative you are, uh, uh, grandmother, uh, uh aunt uncle whatever most of the most of the time you, you're, you're about to be forgotten if you haven't already been forgotten right and so if someone wanted if someone wants to come back and look back at your history what would you want them to know about you right and so that's the theme right of kind of of of, of the that the show will be so we wanted to do that so i was my wife and i were talking about it i said it's a good concept let's let, let's go from there you know, and so I have this list of people that I would want people to know that I knew, right? And so I have this list of women that I will, I would want people to know that I knew. And first, with being my wife, right, and some of the things uh, that she's accomplished, and just her personality and her family, etc., and uh, and just the way she was raised in her upbringing. And so now, I believe, Tiffany, you're going to be interviewing me, right? Yes. Uh,
1: about my about my upbringing, right? Yes, so tell me, uh, what is your first memory? What was your first memory? Oh, okay.
2: Uh, My first memory... um my first memory was being a little okay so my my background is very different from tiffany's background right so tiffany grew up a uh she would tell you uh, for a humble middle class beginning right because she was project adjacent right i was not project adjacent i was project slash trailer park actualities where i lived right he's the real um, deal holyfield I am not. Right. (laughs) And even then I grew up in a poor rural area. Right. And so my first memory was uh, of me being a kid uh, being actually, believe it or not, my uh, great uncle. His name was uh, Price, Solomon Price Smith. And my first memory was me getting in his Chevrolet right and him telling me and I, i'll give you the edited version right uh and i think i may have been three or four and he said look man he goes do not mess with the car i want you to sit in this seat i'm gonna get out run in with the equivalent of a convenience store right he's gonna go in and get some coffee and some smokes and he's gonna be right back and i was not to touch anything well mm. you know uh a little more on the add side we wouldn't have called it that at the time right so i remember Popping the car, and it was one of those stick ships that you put in gear. I remember popping that car in gear and rolling on back, right? And so, and I remember my uncle coming out, going, "Oh my God!" and running after me, uh, getting the car. And so that's what I—that's my one memory that stands out uh, from that end, from that viewpoint. Hey, you're not telling that whole thing. story,
1: Kevin. I got to leave out some parts of that because because uh, you got that... your butt spanked for doing that, and your, and his uncle like. Made him get on the floorboards of the the car. Yeah. So (laughs) this was slightly
2: (laughs) different in 1970. I assume that was like 75, 74. Right. So yes, I did get the heat came. Right. The smoke Mm -hmm. came as the kids say nowadays. Right. So I was spanked. Right. And I remember uh, being spanked. I remember being taken home. He told my mom. And then from there,
1: uh he <laughs> told his he, mom that, it that kevin was a little bad tail <laughs> yes
2: it's this, this true right i was a bad butt right and but i remember <laughs> after that i was thinking he hit me and i remember sneaking in and we lived in a small uh small kevin was mad room. that's the part and he's so not telling he, he was mad
1: because he hit
2: i remember being spanked right i remember uh going back to my uncle and uh and, 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 and tossing a rock or something at him and, and, and getting back at him uh, at, at, at that young age. You so, hit him
1: uh, in the face with a rock, Kevin. You, you waited until it was story. A
2: sweep,
1: hit him in the face with a rock. You Now you need to be honest, Kevin L. Smith. Yes.
2: I, okay, so
1: let's <laughs> tell the real deal, right?
2: So... <laughs> I I went back. I got I got some rocks, I got a handful of rocks. And so while he he always took a nap at the same time every day, mm. uh, normally about three o'clock. And so I rolled in there and I took those rocks and I threw them at him and I hit him uh, in the face with a rock. And I just remember that. And I ran off and I remember getting the spanking again. I know he was he didn't spank me this time. Right. He, he avoided me that time, but he never, he didn't, he never, he never followed back up and he never, uh, I didn't get to ride with him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Learned a lot of things from my uncle, but he never let me ride anymore with him. That's like the clearest memory. But, uh, that's on us on that side growing up in a small town.
1: So Uh, you started off life as a planner, huh? You came, (laughs) yes, a planner planner. and a (laughs) potter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I did. I planned that. Right. I remember
2: going through the details of that, uh, thinking, OK, I know he goes to sleep at this particular time. Uh, I mean, we I, I planned all of that particular thing now that Tiffany's putting me out there and
1: I forget hey, that, that story there. This is about the truth. It's about telling the truth. And that's what on the record with Tiffany is. We try to dig down. To the heart of what is happening in our community and in our community leaders, and (laughs) Kevin Smith, (laughs) since I know the truth about what this story
2: is. (laughs) And that—that is that is the first memory that I always tell Tiffany. That I remember was with my
1: encounter with my uncle Price.
2: But uh, but the second, let's go with the second memory is a
1: better memory, right, Tiffany? The second thing that stands out in my mind. And, as your mama uh, would say, tell the truth and shame the devil. Tell the truth, Kevin <laughs> else, <man."
2: laughs> So the other thing, right, you know, I, I'm a big rap fan, right? I love rap music. And I'm also, mm-hmm. I love country music as well, but I, I'm a really big rap fan. And there's always a line, you always hear these rappers say, it was the streets that raised me, blah, 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 right? It's always about their upbringing and their, and, and their family life, right? But it was my small town that was involved in raising me and, and forming my, my views and values of the world, right? And uh, one of the things that you'll get out of that with my Uncle Price is that, you know, he kind of reaped what he sowed a little bit, not because he spanked me, right? But One of the things that he always would say is stand tall right and be a man that was a big thing he was my great uncle right Mm -hmm. so that was stand tall be a man right and i remember hey he just spanked me i gotta stand tall be a man right but uh, then take this fool down (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) but the other memory that tiffany i always share with tiffany is uh is always referred to you have to have a reference point of where you were successful and one of the things that I, I remember, and I may have been in the, I don't know what, how old I was, however old you are when you play farm league, you know, a little t-ball uh, game, right? And it's another baseball story. And I remember being a small, scrawny kid, right? Not playing a lot because I wasn't very good, to be honest with you, right? I wasn't a very good player. And so I play my two innings. I think they required you to play two innings. Then I'd go sit out and I'd play around in the dugout, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. But I remember uh, that year and, you know, and I, just wasn't a good player. And I thought, and I uh, thought it was something you either had or you didn't have. And I do. And I remember there was a young, he, well, he was, he was an older guy, probably his twenties, late thirties, probably late twenties, named Monty Morrow. Right. He still uh, lives in my hometown. And, uh, and he came and for whatever reason we had cut, we had gotten out of practice on the team that I was on early. And it didn't matter anyway, because, I wasn't going to get the play because I sucked, right? And, I, and I, in my head, I thought it was a genetic thing. There may have been some genetics to it, but I don't know. I just – I wasn't very good, right? But I remember uh, them needing – the team that he coached, right? Them needing a uh, a catcher, Right. And so I I I got to play ball and, and practice with him. It was the additional practice that I got. And I would go to the I would go to the Bears, that's what it was. And I'd go over. And I think the, the pirates were older. Yeah, they were older. They were, they were a little bit older than I was. And uh and I and they needed a person to catch. And so I remember, oh, I'm not very good at this. And I remember Monty saying, Yo, man, it does not require a lot of talent. You get better by practice. You know, the more you practice, the better you're going to get at this. And I was like, what? And so literally that after that whole season, I would play and my game got extremely better. And what I walked away with that from what I walked away from that was, is that the things that we think are talent, they're really not for most of us. Right. You have to put in the work and put in the hard, put in the effort and the hard work to get that done. And I mean, just that encounter changed the uh, changed a lot in my life. It changed. And changed view the on trajectory academics. of your life. Yeah, it did. Right. And so it was that one small thing. And I don't, you know, I don't think I, I don't think I ever I don't think I've ever shared that with him or anyone else, but that one small thing of it's not talent, right? And I really walked away. Tell them, the what, you right. Tell them yeah. what you did. Tell them what you did. The next year. So uh <laughs> so you, uh, you just th- left
1: out all the stuff that actually yeah, matters here. <laughs>
2: So the next year after that, right? See, this is, okay, anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So the next year, right, so it was easier to interview, right, rather than than, uh, to be the interviewee. Tell them what you did, Kevin. (laughs) All right, so the next year, right, so the next year after that, my my baseball game just improved dramatically. It was like overnight, right? And so I did extremely well.
1: So well. Why? uh,
2: because of practice, Tiffany.
1: Yeah, because you joined another team. You practiced uh, with the other team. So you would go to the team that wouldn't let you play. And then you practiced with another team that would let you play. And that was how you got better.
2: Yeah, that is. because. But I, that's I, the I,
1: that's the importance of this. You oh, actually thought through that.
2: Yeah. yeah, I actually thought through that part. Sell
1: right? that part, baby. All right.
2: So so what I walked away with on that was No, tell what was, you did. Okay. I'm I'm trying to if you let me. You cut me off. Okay, black person. <laughs> okay. You're not a very good interviewer. <laughs> 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 oh, that is a joke. All right. So uh, from that point there, right? I would practice. I went to, I, I would go and I would practice with uh with the Bears, right? Which was a a a, a, a T-ball team. No, they weren't It's a, t- it was a little league team, I think, right? And so uh, I practiced with him and I would go and I would practice with Monty and Monty told me if I'd come right. And I'd practice with him, my game would get better. Right. And he did. And it got better. Just exactly like he said, right. He told me to come after that because they, because of his work schedule and everything. I didn't realize, realize this at the time, but those guys volunteered. So shout outs to all those uh, people who are volunteering for their kids with T-ball and yep. everything. You know, doing what Monty did. And so long story short, so Monty told me if I'd come after I finished practicing with the Bears, and I would come and practice with him, that my game would get better, and that he would coach me and make me better in the fundamental things, right? Mm-hmm. Like blocking the ball. There's a whole science behind this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I would reach my potential, right? Wherever that was, and so, and that's what I did. I mean, I put probably put in probably three, two, three hours on that uh, after after playing with, with after playing with that team. And uh, that taught me was that talent is overrated. It's the effort that you put into it. Right. And that if you have someone who's willing to take the time and coach you, that, you know, uh, you can become better at least or at least reach your potential. And oftentimes where we think our potential is, it is far more than anything that we that we think it is. But we can't be limited by a narrative. And that is and, and you know, that's what Tiffany's trying to get me to share is that. Conclusion. Yeah that it's a narrative that holds often holds most of us back most of the time. Right. And so me really looking into that. And I'm, I I am personally thankful uh, for that uh, for Monty and his efforts uh, to this day. Right. Because uh, that is the one thing that I draw on whenever I'm in a situation where I'm learning something new or the odds seem insurmountable. I always go back and remember that little scrawny little black kid uh, playing in a uh, playing with the bears Right, in a T ball team and who sucked, right? And I thought it was talent. And remember going over and this man really taking time out of his time out of his schedule, you know, to come and coach me and make me better in those fundamentals. And so that's always been uh, my mindset as I go back to that and I come back and I say, hey, am I missing something that's fundamental, right? Uh, And either no matter what it is, right. Marriage, uh, coaching, uh, dealing with my children, whatever. Am I missing something fundamental in my execution of this? And to this day, I come back to that and I plan out and I think things through step by step by step. And uh, that's I mean, I mean, it changed my paradigm on that one. And so now everything I approach it like that. Is there's gotta be something that I'm missing, you know. It's not a uh IQ thing, right, which is what uh a lot of people would have you believe. Sometimes it may be, but I haven't
1: hit that point yet, right? But there so. has to be a process to everything. So yeah, what there is, a what pro- is what the great thing to take from that story is that there is a process to everything. It's not that that this guy coached you or it was it was all it was multifactorial. You had somebody that was willing to coach you you were you were willing to put in the work the repetition mm-hmm. the putting in 2 to 3 hours a day after you went and sat and did your time with the other coach right it is That's it is it is multifactorial there are you have to realize your worth and that you can do something once you decide yeah. i can do it then you can yeah and uh that's
2: true right and so you know I often tell
1: Tiffany we take we we have we do have very different mindsets and takes on stuff because like for me when if there's a piece of information I always view learning something new the same way if there is one person on earth who's learned it I can learn it yeah there is no barrier to entry for me
2: yeah that's true you know uh, I do believe that, and uh, that that viewpoint is really changing my life, right? Mm-hmm. And then you talk about, you know, what's the, the other memory that you have, right? I remember uh, uh, so, and I, I'll say this to kind of give you a background, right? So Tiff uh, grew up uh, from my viewpoint very privileged, right?
1: Oh uh, Lord, here, <laughs> we on. On. <laughs> here we
2: go. Hold on, here we go. But she did; she grew up very as a very privileged kid, right? Another part, you, you know, that we often talk about is the environment that shapes you, right? You do have, like yes. Tiffany said, you do have to put in the work. You have to work. You have to train. <clears throat> but it also helps you if you're in an environment where you, can, uh, where, where you have the opportunity and you can yeah. see it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember being in the fourth <clears throat> or fifth grade, right? This is a, you know, I always say that our lives are, are, uh, are driven by the relationships that we have right mm-hmm. along the somewhere along the way if you are successful in this world this is my belief right someone believed in you and someone invested in you yes mm-hmm. you had to put in the time the work and the effort but someone somewhere gave you an opportunity someone somewhere uh helped you out especially yes. if you didn't have the knowledge or the skill set right mm-hmm. so this, the second probably the second most important person so that's monty right these are people outside of my family right the second most important person outside of my family <clears throat> that had a huge impact on me was a, a lady named Kathy Spencer. And I guarantee you, right. If I hadn't met her, you know, I, I wouldn't have went to Baylor. I wouldn't have met my wife. My life would have a different trajectory. Right. So from Monty, I got this whole kind of, Hey, put in the work. It's, it's about a process. It's about effort. Right. I got that. But then Kathy was really the one that kind of pointed me in that direction of, Hey, here's how you do college right and so uh i don't look country but i'm very country right so i am big guy into 4-h ffa f yeah ff future farmers of america uh and the 4-h uh system uh which i really uh I love and that's because kathy i mean i'd say kathy and, and and sheila grubin uh and you don't know these people right they're from my hometown and so he, those he's two from ladies, a little
1: town called rotan texas yeah, and, so these four-way stop. Hey, Rotan,
2: these dirt roads raised me, right? These dirt roads. That's raised right. Me. The dirt roads made me. <laughs> There's a
1: lot of good people on dirt roads.
2: <laughs> but but beyond dirt roads, you don't live. That's a that's a country uh, stereotype, by the way. But those two people, Kathy and Sheila, but really Kathy introducing me and getting me into that whole process, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I didn't know anybody black who had gone to college. There probably, there were in my city. Now, I'm not going to say I'm unique. I'm just a special uh, black person because I'm not. I'm just saying in my, as a kid, me looking around, I didn't see anyone who uh, had gone to college, who had done any of the stuff, all that good stuff that Tiffany was telling you that her mother was putting in her. No, it wouldn't happen at my house, right? So, but Kathy really got me on the path and really started showing me the things that I needed to do to be considered for scholarships to be considered to get into college.
1: Right? Cat, now, so, now, now, some background on Kevin. Kevin, tell them about your, your parents, because, you know, Kathy saw the intellectual capacity that Kevin had and the potential that he had. Uh, you know, and he was coming from an environment where education was not the emphasis. Uh, and that, No, it
2: wasn't, right? Yeah. So I'll give you some of that background. Right. So uh, Tiffany is, is. So I so basically and, and uh, I was every I was a stereotype. Right. My mother was a teenager. She was 17. Right. Uh, she did as best job she could. Uh, she did a great job. She did a great yeah, job. She did a great job. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, but she's a teenager. She was 17. I had two other brothers. Right. Uh, who uh I think Eric. I think it's probably three, four years apart from us. Eric's born in '74. Uh, Annie, Aaron, I mean, I'm sorry. Eric was born in '74. Anthony born in probably '79. So there's three of us, right? Three kids there. And so, uh, and I, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna call him my stepfather because that that way you that way your listeners can understand who he is and where he come in came into my life. My stepfather, right? Who I consider my father. My stepfather, a man named Abram Jones, uh, came into our lives at a really critical time. And he was a hard worker. Right. Wasn't perfect. Right. Typical working class person. Right. But he'd work two one time he had two, two and a half jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. To provide for us. And that's a that strong work ethic. Yeah. So that left an impression on me. Right. Is that you got to get I won't say what he, he had, all of these very, uh, pragmatic views on things, right? Like I remember one time somebody, uh, there was a kid, there was a guy who got arrested and I was like, oh my, you know, we were saying how unfair it was. You know, he's going to go to jail. They're doing it to him because he's black, et cetera, et cetera. And he would say, hey, um, I got to catch this story because I almost told the, the the unedited version. He would say, hey, why do you think that fool is going to, uh, went to jail? If you know that they're going to treat you like that and they're going to be unfair to you, don't commit crime. Case problem solved. I was like, "What? Don't commit crime if you're black." Yeah, don't commit crime if you're black, and you don't have to deal with the system. I was like, "Oh, it makes sense to me." But but he had a very pragmatic view on things, right? And so he was—he uh, probably had a second grade education, right? And so uh, that's about it. Uh, he could sign uh, his name, but he was—he yeah, he couldn't could sign his read name, and write. He couldn't read his name. He couldn't read and write. And so that was the background. And so my dad and, was, and your you know, mom was, dropped out of out of school. Yeah, and, mom dropped probably like ninth, tenth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she could tell you, you know, she was fast running them streets, right? So and, he uh, wasn't so coming from a
1: background with with education. I, yeah, being I didn't get
2: extra homework, right? Timmy yeah. got
1: extra words
2: and all of that stuff. I had I the word power books. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, You know, and so my life was pretty much and I think about it now. Right. I I was very fortunate. Right. One fortunate Two, I had a lot of drive. I just didn't know it. Most of the stuff that uh, that I came up with. Right. was like, you know, yeah. So I learned from money. I got to figure out what the basics are. So any subject that I was having difficulty with, I had to figure out what the basics were like, oh, let me go back and I'd have to examine. Okay, I need to know this, this and this figure this part out. So I was so let
1: me figure it out as as I went. Let me so, stop you there babe because you know that that's something to um to look at. Um you had drive you, within you. You had a a personal empowerment that said, "Hey, I'm I don't know what's different. I don't know why there's more more to life, but I know that there is more to life and I can find it." If somebody else has experienced it, I can figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. You know, and that's what we're we're looking at today here on on the record with Tiffany. We're looking looking at our our past so we can talk to you a little bit about what's going to happen in the future and what we where we're taking on the record with Tiffany. Um, you're listening to us here on 9:30 a.m. the Answer and we can be seen on the African American Network Television where we have a local feel and a global reach. And come back and listen to us some more as we talk about our host, Kevin L. Smith. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID 19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions? You need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening. Or go to a screening near you. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany here on 930 AM, The Answer. And we can also be seen on the African-American Network television, where we have a local feel with a global reach. And we're exploring the life of (laughs) Kevin L. Smith, my co-host, and a partner in crime and life, <laughs> I should say partner in business and life. <laughs> so we left off talking about uh, what drives you.
2: What drives me? Why? Right?
1: Tell 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 us what drives you. What is the principle that drives Kevin L. Smith?
2: All right. So I have this just over time, right? And 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 I that I've collected is sort of these four principles, right? Mm-hmm. Take ownership, right? Which means mm-hmm. you own it, right? Take mm-hmm. ownership that anything that happens to me in my life, right? Uh, is, it, I, I can figure it out. It's mine, right? So take ownership, right? Have some follow-up and follow-through. And what yep. I mean by that is there are things that happen uh, is that you got to follow up on, you got to follow through with, right? Right. So example, I'll give you an example, right? So uh, let's say you have to pay your uh, your light bill. This is a very practical matter, right? So you submit it, but in the, in the process of you calling, you thought your number went through, but it didn't, and just something happened, right? So follow-up and follow-through is I've got to call back and make sure the bill got paid, right? It doesn't matter what happened on their end. Their system could have been messed up, whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. I own that. It's mine. I got to follow up with that and got to follow through and make sure it's done. So ownership, follow up, follow through. Right. And can I say this? And you got to figure crap out. That was a big Mm -hmm. thing with my dad was figure this crap out. Right. And You can substitute given what I just told you about my dad's educational level and that he was a working poor man. Mm -hmm. Right. And I never will forget this one time. uh, And I don't know what game it was. There was some whatever rendition of playstation or xbox was at the time right and i remember uh getting it was an atari right and it was old right but i remember i was going to get one for like uh 50 bucks and for whatever reason i caught jonesy in a and that's what we referred to my my father as everyone called him jones or jonesy that was that's what we called him by his last name right and so (laughs) whatever he was he must have been feeling a good mood or had a good payday or something i don't know he gave he promised me the 50 bucks to get it and i was like oh my God, I can't believe this. He, he's giving me the money, right? Which was like, never happened, right? Uh, he would say, get out there and work for it. But anyway, it came time for the 50 bucks. <laughs> and he only gave me 25, right? And I tell my kids this story, right? And I was like, but you promised me 50. He only gave me 25. Now, 25 bucks was quite a bit of money. Like, that was probably a little bit in the 80s, on the side of the 80s. And he said, and I, i'm i got I got give you the, the cleaner edition and he says, "Listen, fool, figure it out. You got twenty five Here's twenty five bucks. you don't want it. I'm like, I'll take it. That's what I thought Now here, take twenty five and go figure that crap out right so and I figured it out, right I took the twenty five I went and i I got out there i got I, I borrowed a lawnmower. I mowed some lawns, got the other 20, and then I forgot how I got the other five. I think I talked the person down and got the games, right? But he was really big into figuring it out, right? Go out there and figure that crap out. And so uh, and so, those are the, the, the four th- three things, if you will, that I've, that I've always kind of held, held dear, right? Take ownership, follow up mm-hmm. and follow through and figure it out, right? There's, there's somebody out there. There's something you got to figure out. You got to go and figure the system out. That you're trying to to get involved with, and those are really the big four, if you will, that I've always uh, lived by is is just figure it out, right? Take ownership, follow follow through, and figure it out. And so a lot of a, a lot of uh, emphasis on that, really more so from him than my mom. My mom was always, oh, that's okay, baby, it'll, it'll be all right. And he was just like, hell no, it's not going to be all right. You got to it <laughs> because he was your, pull it he, together. <laughs> he he had a lot of emphasis on being a black man in America, and that was a big chant of his and i uh is that you're you're black, you're in America you know you gotta figure this out right if you don't wanna if you if you don't wanna have to deal with the police, don't do stuff that get you in where you have to have encounters with them
1: right My dad's thing um, was I don't pick people up from jail, <laughs> so if you <laughs> if anybody in this house ends up Going to jail. Don't call me. I don't know who you calling, uh, But don't my, you call the, me. So, <laughs> so we already so, knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, It wasn't going to work. Right. And, you know, the other thing
2: that I, I talk about, the community that I, I grew up in was a small town uh, uh, where, you know, I had these influential people around me everywhere. Right. And I, yeah, I had to put in the work. Right. But my success really wasn't it was my success. I did work hard. I put in the work, but I had people around me giving me, uh, giving me opportunity, providing insight and coaching, right. where needed is what we would call it now. Right. I shared the story of Monty Morrow. I shared the story of Kathy Spencer. I mean, and, uh, I'm forever grateful to those individuals. Right. And, uh, uh, I have an uncle, I'll call him my uncle. He was, he, he was a drug dealer, right. Let's just say what it was. Right. And uh, this is before that he always pushed pills and and marijuana and stuff like that. Right. None of the hard stuff is what he would justify it with. But uh, I always share the story with Tiffany. And because my brain operates very I want to know how it works. Right. How do I do it? Step one. Right. And people are like, oh, no, you got to be. No, for me, it's got to be. How do I do it very technically? Mm -hmm. Right. And one of the things that uh, is about the time the crack was coming into the communities, And so uh, and I didn't deal drugs, not because I was scared of my father, which I was kind of scared, but I could get through that. Right. I didn't deal drugs because I couldn't figure out how to get the money out of it. Right. And this is a story that people may not want to know, but that's why, because I sat down, I thought through it. And I remember my uncle saying, hey, guys, you don't want to be involved with this. This is Mm -hmm. a drug dealer telling me, hey, guys, you don't want to be involved with this. And I remember him breaking down. And now, as, an old, as an I'm older, I would say the economics of it, right? The economics of it, right, is that the money would be coming in too fast. You couldn't get it through the system quick enough, right? And you had to be violent if you were going to make it in this – in dealing this stuff. You had to be violent, right? And, uh, and, I, and I remember him saying that, man, that just shook me to the core. And just walking through, and I thought through all of the, the ways that it could go wrong – Right, I, and I was you saw of the some upside. people die too, and I saw people die. People uh-huh. get killed, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw people like Tiffany's father confront people, right? That uh, we, we live West Texas, where I lived in West mm-hmm. Texas, and Tiffany was in Beaumont. It was in uh, a very di- vast uh, distance between us, right? But there, uh, so I had that idea in my head, and he always kind of, in a weird kind of way, my uncle quoted the uh, scripture: "Count the cost," right? Count the cost. You know, if this is where you want to go, you better count the cost, right? And is it worth it? And I just remember being shaken about that. And I was just like, no, it's not worth it because uh, all of the potential downsides. And that doesn't mean everyone that he had that conversation with listened to him because they figured they could beat the cost. But I just knew the odds were stacked against you, right? And I I didn't, uh, they just- you know, And that was just the
1: cost. That was just the- the cost in terms of would you would you go free would you not that that wasn't even thinking about the spiritual cost what is this yeah. doing to your soul that you that you would unleash something like something so devastating into people's lives like that hadn't even entered into the. the no, picture. No, that hadn't entered
2: into the picture. Right. Because all you all we were thinking about at that time
1: was, hey, how do I get paid? Right. How
2: does my mm-hmm. life get better? Right. So mm-hmm. that's why. I'm. And that's, that that was the, the narrative
1: that the drug dealers were offering to to everybody. Yeah. Well, uh, we, you can well, make money little and little make your life that, better. Different. See, now, so here's a different side of it,
2: right? So that, that, that's, you know, from from the outside, right, from you. But from me, right, it was make your life better. It was get that, get a fast life, right? Get all this additional stuff, right? Uh, th- you know, the consequences be damned, right? And uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around. And it wasn't that I was so much better than anyone else. It wasn't that, hey, I was better than this guy who went. No, I could have easily gone down that path. Right. But fortunate for me is that in the area that I lived, I was fortunate enough, wanted to be smart. I, I would say smart. Right. But I didn't use that term. I use hardworking because is what I did. I worked hard and I often saw uh, a smart as you got it instantly. And I didn't get anything instantly. I had to figure but it out. But you worked hard, hard and hard. got good grades. But I got it right. And I got good grades. And you're a salutatorian. I had, and I had people around me that would uh that gave me the opportunity uh to to uh to 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 do to do good and to strive, right and so i don't know if i would go so far as to say it takes a village to raise uh uh, to raise a family but uh i do appreciate my hometown i do appreciate your
1: hometown was definitely that village scenario yeah and i'd have to say my
2: county not my town because and 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 no one, you only get this if you're from a small town, right? There's probably 10 miles between my my hometown of Ten and a little city called, not even a city, a town called Roby, right? So those two places influenced me. And it would be Fisher County, right? That place influenced me, gave me the values that I have. And, uh, and I'm forever grateful. And I, you know, my girls ask me about it. The girls ask us about it all the time. And I say, man, I wish you could be raised in a small town. Doesn't mean we don't have problems. Doesn't mean they don't have problems right now. But I always say, those are my people, right? And mm-hmm. when I say that, uh, you know, some people go, oh, my, are you only talking about black people? No, I'm talking about rural people. Those are my people, black and white. And I understand mm-hmm. it.
1: Because all right? those it's people crazy. that that you mentioned, Kathy Spencer and all of those guys, they're not black. They're all white. Yeah, it's, all white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, the thing of <clears throat> this whole narrative that we have going in the country right now, like everybody's divided, that's not a, a true picture of what's what happens on the day to day in the United States and, and in small uh, rural towns. There's a lot of uh, love for the town, love for the culture of the town yeah. and love for the people in the town that that transcends race and, and uh, those yeah. boundaries that we put on ourselves.
2: Yeah. And it doesn't mean there's not race issues of racism there. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that. But yeah, it, it means it means that uh, people
1: deal with them in a realistic way. Yeah.
2: And it's a very practical way. Right. Mm-hmm. There isn't this these abstractions that people have. Like one of my conflicts that I have with a lot of people is the abstraction called white supremacy. I'm like, OK. Right. Because from my viewpoint, if we can define something like we want to address a policy, I can address a policy. Right. But the idea of uh, of an abstraction as broad as white supremacy is like, uh, well, how do we how do we know if we if we've resolved it? Right. Does it does the ball keep moving? Right. Uh, Right. But if you tell me if we can you can give examples of of policies, I can we can we can go we can focus and figure out how to change the policy. Yeah. Policies so you can change.
1: When people say, "Oh, you can't legislate the hearts of men," you can't legislate the hearts of men. You can legislate the actions, though. You can, uh, and you can, and you can do that through policy. But, but some of the things that people assign to racism are just ignorance. Like there are yeah. a lot of people that just say stupid stuff all the time, <laughs> and you know, and, and I'll be honest, and they're with not you, saying right. it from any sort of, uh, like I was talking to somebody. And she's over 80 years old, so you already know that she can say whatever she wants to say. Because, you know, to me, once you hit 70, that's it. If you want to say what you want, whatever you want to say, you know, I'll listen to you. Well, some of what she says doesn't go along with uh, what is PC. Is she saying this stuff to be uh, malicious? No. People just say stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, Is she racist? No stupid sometimes yes <laughs> it, it, it's a culture right and yeah but, I, but you the know thing that
2: I, but the thing that that i appreciate the most about my hometown even in the midst of all of that there right is that i i really appreciate it and i really appreciate that there were values right mm-hmm. now i'll I'll tell you about my and the uncle that was telling me this story wasn't the great uncle that i pulled the car out of but There was a sense of mentorship, right? I only know this now because I'm looking back, right? I didn't know it at the time, right? But a sense of mentorship that was there, that wasn't there before. And you could always tell the people who were going to make it nine times out of ten, right, in in our community. And it was generally those who had people around them and those who would listen to the people around them, right? Because my dad would say, you know, uh, nothing makes a, a soft behind like a hard head, right? What he meant by that was that if you don't listen to people who are telling you the right thing to do, right. You're going to suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that mean he, you know, and I, I just remember that. Right. So, uh, so two things are, well, three things I remember about my, that my, my father uh, gave me, right. In terms of his little uh, working man wisdoms, right. <laughs> was figure crap out. Right. That was the big one there. Figure crap out. Right. And if you don't want issues with the police, don't be a criminal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, uh, that was just a ride to me. I still no more that. talk. Don't be a criminal. Yeah. And <laughs> right, before, right before I went to college, I got into Baylor and, you know, we were, we were packing up my stuff, right? Let me tell you, they packed up all my stuff, right? It was all there, right? They packed it all up in the car. And I remember... Uh, and I always tell the story a little bit different, but I'm, since I'm on the radio, I'm going to tell the truth on this with Tiffany. And I remember him right before we left to go to uh, Wakefield, Texas. I remember in my hometown, he came, he always got up super early, went to the Dairy Queen, had coffee, right? That was a coffee shop, right, long before Starbucks. I remember I was sitting there and, and uh, him saying essentially, hey, you're a pretty smart guy, right? You've done well for yourself. You, people like you, right? And you've gotten into college. He's like, don't F this up, because if you get in any trouble and go to jail, I can't help you. You're on your own. Right. And I was like, what? I was like, yeah, and <laughs> right? oh I tell Tiffany that conversation that? and I tell my girls, they're like, what kind of conversation is that? Oh my God. <laughs> but to me, that conversation was was a very real and straight conversation. Right. Was that, hey, don't blow this opportunity. Right. And I just remember that staying out in my head. Right. And I was, uh, and I was grateful for that, that information. Now, you know, he and I, we had, we butted heads a lot, but you know, those little, uh, uh, colloquialisms always kind of stood out in my head, uh, uh, about him, uh, from that part there. And so, uh, so, different lifestyle, but, you know, we're, we're coming up in America, growing up in, in a rural town, America, right, where there was opportunity. Now, that was my experience, right? I have friends who have a, who had a completely different experience with the world there, right? And I wouldn't give you my, I, you know, you could tell from my dad, me telling you the things about my dad, he also had a lot of pains about that. But the other thing that I was really grateful for, for my small hometown, right? So, you see... That it wasn't just my family that had an impact on me, but it was my town that had an impact on me. So the other two things I'm really grateful for. One, I I, I went to a small uh, Baptist church, black Baptist church. Right. And that's important. I say black Baptist church. And I I regret that I didn't get to leverage some of this. Right. And so this was probably the 80s, the early 80s. Right. Uh, So I was probably third fourth grade and we had people there who were 70 80 90s right so they're born at the turn of the century some in the late 1800s and just really missing out on the wisdom that those individuals had right and i remember there was a lady named miss pearl miss pearl uh, probably used to be a gangster but she was a wonderful lady and uh and i uh, but she just had, she just kind of had thoughts along my, uh, with, with my father, right. You know, you got to work hard. If you want to get in trouble, don't, don't be in trouble. Right. Which that was always, a, don't want to get in trouble. Don't be in trouble. Took me a while to wrap my head around that one. And the Carrington's right. Who was a pastor of the church and just the, uh, the investment and time that they put in, but, you know, I was young. I didn't realize the time that we were living in right at that time. Right. And, uh, and then just the societal shifts that had been made. So,
1: well, when people are living through historic moments, it's just a regular moment in your life. Yeah. You're, not, yeah. you're not, you know, uh, as a kid, uh, when, when we got on the plane and, and went off to Italy, and my mom said, you know, when you get off this plane, you can be whoever you want to be. Decide who yeah. that's gonna be. That Did you hear that that, that, that plane, is a. That plane was a, and
2: you went to Italy,
1: right? He, okay, shut but up. My, my wife said, "Shut she didn't it down. Shut it, it down. Statement. Let me finish my statement, black person. Let me finish my statement. <laughs> See, <laughs> you're getting rowdy. <laughs> so, you know, when I, I I had this opportunity to go off to boarding school, and my mom and dad were my mom and dad were moving to An Saudi An elite
0: boarding school.
1: Yes. My mom and dad were moving to Saudi Arabia. And all that studying and all that extra uh homework for mama came was coming to fruition. I, you know, I was I was knocking knocking it out of the park on all kinds of standardized tests and, and all of these things, you know. And so um uh, and so was my brother. Like we were always winning something, some award, some this, that or the other. And uh Um, so fine. We, we got this opportunity to go, go overseas and my mother made that opportunity. You know, I don't want to even, I don't want to diminish what, what was done there by my mom because my mom was like, uh, I think you could go to one of the best schools in Europe and, and I'm going to look for them. And so she started looking for, and this was pre, uh, internet and all of that stuff this you know so mama Mm -hmm. was just searching yeah
2: she did she did a good job and she did a good job and the one of the things i admired about your mom now listen i always say this and i don't mean any disrespect is that we had our issues (laughs) Uh (laughs) me and miss J. but the one thing that i always respected by her is that she embodied those things that i just described she always took ownership Yep. Right. She had amazing follow up and follow through. Was yep. to the point of nagging and annoyance, but she did it, Yeah. Right? And she figured it out. That was mm-hmm. I mean, those are the things I admired about her, right? That no matter right. what, you know, is that those four things, I mean, she did. She figured it out. And and that's and that story of how they got into this uh the, she and her brother got into the elite school, right? Is a, a testimony of her follow up and follow through with that. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that, that I've seen that make people successful. And you saw, you'll see that with Tiffany. Sorry to cut you off, babe.
1: So I was going from being a few streets over from the projects mm-hmm. to this school, being dropped off at this really.
2: really... A few streets off from the projects. Really. Shut up,
1: Kevin. <laughs> I was being dropped off at this school, you know, where they had people, of, people coming to school with drivers and Mm-hmm. You know, they had names and, and uh, notoriety within the the uh, within Italy, like and internationally and well, internationally. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, owners of, of what is equivalent to the to all of the Burger Kings in the United States, Big Burg, their their kids were there. They're, you know, How they were, would you
2: say that impacted your 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 interaction with people?
1: Oh, it I changed just, my life. Cause, and Mama's statement, be who you want to be. Don't let anything limit mm-hmm. what you think or what you feel about yourself. Be who you want to be, baby. You can be everything, everything you want to be.
2: And then giving you practical advice on that. That wasn't mm-hmm. just some blowing smoke up your butt yeah. routine, right? Which I think people... which which I think people do a lot. Right. But Mm -hmm. giving practical steps in that, right. And for me, it's always got to be about practical steps. Right. And, uh, and you see that, but I did exactly
1: that. that. That's what I did. That's what my brother did. And now you see, uh, where that, where that's taken each one of our lives. You know, I, I have wonderful siblings. You know, my brother is the winningest attorney in the state of Texas in his specialty. My sister graduated from the top of her class from West Point. The baby, uh, Nikki. I know she's not a baby. She's twenty-five. She's not a baby. Uh, she graduated from the top of her class at Villanova. Four, uh, four kids from the same family, African American family. And if you look at anything statistically, it would say that we, we somebody should be in jail, and yeah, nobody and- is. But
2: think about that, though, right? So that's that, so that's my wife's uh, life, and you know, and that we that we that we are fortunate to be a part of. But mine didn't have that. I didn't see anybody like that.
1: And right? and what are we saying that from these two different lives, different sets of lives, we had some commonalities. We believed we could do it. No, we I, be- I,
2: guys, I worked out and I was in really good shape, and I had like abs of steel back in the day. So that's well, what we
1: believed me. we could we could achieve. We believe Uh that if somebody else had learned it, we could learn it. And we got out there and hustled and did Mm. the work. Hustled in the, not in the today's sense. Oh, let's, let's go run some game on somebody. We got out there and put in the hard work to to get what we wanted. It can be done regardless of where you come from. And you, you know, the time has flown by today. Um, And I hope you learned a little bit more about Kevin and about me (laughs) and where we're where we're gonna take you on this journey because we're looking at the fact that we are you can come from completely different backgrounds as Kevin and I do, and arrive uh, at whatever place you want to arrive at because Mm a you're born in the greatest country in the world in the United States of America. This is the greatest country in the world. We don't have to make it great again. It's great right now. We have our flaws, just like everyone else, but you're in the greatest place and the greatest place for opportunity. So what can you do today? Choose something different. If you don't like where you're at, choose something different. The opportunities will come. The path will become enlightened to you, choose something different. Because we're more alike than we are different. The one thing that we have to do is make a choice. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany, where we believe you're more alike than you are different and figure crap out. (laughs) Here on 930 AM, The Answer and on the African-American network television.
0: You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.